we are repentant. We are grateful. We are redeemed. We are prayerful. We are First Baptist Church. Aren't you really encouraged every time you listen to that? You're like, something incredible is about to happen. I really hope you're not disappointed. Um, so listen, it is so good for us to be together in worship, uh, to receive God's word, to sing songs of praise with one another. That's, that's our, one of our callings as the people of God is to do this, to do this. And of course, not only this, but this is so beautiful and significant that we get to do this Together, If you're new with us today, thank you so much uh, for joining us in worship, entering into an unknown place, as I often say, among unknown people. Well, we hope you have felt very welcome in this place. You can let us know that you're with us by going to fbcsa.org slash connect. You can do that on your phone. Um, we would love to know that you were here so that we can make contact with you later on and build a, a friendship with you. So we have been in this book of Judges, and in the past several weeks, we have looked at the stories of these judges, and we have used their stories to remind us of our own calling to be a part of what God is doing in deliverance. And I have told you almost every week that we, too, are called to be a family of storytellers, not unlike Deborah's song in Judges chapter 5, where she sings the songs of, of praise and thanking of the Lord and how he used uh, the people in that story to bring deliverance to his people. We too, you and me, we are called to sing that song of deliverance uh, among the people in which God has placed us and the homes in which we live and the communities where we reside, that that's our calling. As I said earlier, we are the sent ones to do that kind of work. And so I want to take just a few minutes. This is cool. Good news. I'm just taking a few minutes to look at a portion of Gideon's story in Judges chapter 6. Uh, and then we're going to take the remainder of our time. And I'm going to invite Byron Pitts up here. Some of you know him. Some of you don't. And we're going to talk about, well, Danny, how in the world do we do that? How do we, how do we uh, live a life faithful to being sent to be a family of storytellers in this city? And we're going to have a conversation, and hopefully you'll feel encouraged and equipped along the way. So we are again in the book of Judges. It's somewhere about here in the Bible. If you have a paper copy, otherwise you can look it up on your phone. And we are going to spend most of our time in verses 36 through 40. For most of you, many of you, if you've grown up in the church, you've heard this story a lot. But if you recall with me, um, Gideon was called and commissioned by God to be the deliverer. God said, I'm going to send you your mighty warrior. Gideon says, I don't know who you're talking about because I'm not a mighty warrior. Gideon gives him his objections 
And we talked about we too have our own objections to God's calling in our life. Maybe you have someone else or in mind, or really we can't do it. And God answers every one of Gideon's objections, and he answers our own objections, and he says, no, I have sent you, and I am going with you. You will do this, not because of yourself, but because of me, and we have that confidence in God too. And so Gideon is assured of his call and commission, and he is assured that this person, this angel Lord that he is talking to, is indeed from the Lord in, in a miraculous kind of way. And so there's without doubt in Gideon's mind that I am actually talking to the angel of the Lord, the God of my ancestors, and he has commissioned me to be a deliverer. And so that's kind of where we are. Last week, we know that uh, God told him, I want you to tear down that idol that's in your own hometown, in the center of your own ha- town, in your father's house. He tore down that idol. Of course, people didn't like it. Um, but he came out of that that scene in his own town with a little bit of notoriety uh, that uh, he is uh, one who has challenged Baal. And of course, Baal did not come to his own defense. And so Gideon has made a little bit of a name for himself in his own town. And shortly after that event, let me just read these verses. This is in Judges chapter 6, verses 33 through 35. Soon after the armies of Midian... Uh, Amalek and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abizar came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. And so we had this pretty incredible scene where the the Midianites and their allies have rallied troops against the people of Israel. And now we have Gideon in this position where he has to raise troops of his own. And he, with faith, he goes and blows the ram's horn, clothed in the power of God, and he raises his own army. And then this is what happens next in verses 36 through 38. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowlful of water. A lot of you are already kind of going through the veggie tales, and aren't you? Is that what's? No. Some of you, maybe one or two of you. Um, but so again, at this point, we are pretty certain that Gideon knows his commission. Um, he knows his commission. He knows his calling. That's not in question here. He knows exactly what God has asked him. To do, he, he actually even knows who he's talking to, that this is the God of his ancestors, the God that they have forgotten and replaced with other gods, or at least this God of his ancestors has been a part of this pantheon of, of gods somewhere off the radar. But he knows who it is because God has affirmed that this is my messenger that I have sent you. But I think two things are going on in Gideon's heart in mind as he sees this sizable, intimidating army in the valley. 
I think he's scared. Um, I think Gideon is experiencing real fear in the face of what God is asking him to do. I mean, all along the way, he said, I am no mighty warrior. But now the reality of what is about to happen is consuming him with fear. And not only that, I think he still has real doubts about the character and nature of this God that he has just now begun a conversation with. Remember last week I said, I think in some ways God is reintroducing himself to Gideon, being reacquainted with this God of his answer. What kind of God is he like? Is he like these other gods who are silent? And so you have both fear and uncertainty about what, what kind of God is this that is calling me to do this? Is he actually really going to be there or is he going to play a trick on me? Is he going to pull everything out from underneath me when I actually put my neck out there? And so he is fearful and has doubts about the nature of the God. And so he puts God to the test. He puts God to the test. And I imagine there was a part of him trying to squirm away from this commission. Gosh, certainly God can't do this. I mean, Baal couldn't do anything like this, so maybe he can't do anything like this. Maybe this was an opportunity for him to back away. But nonetheless, he is asking of the Lord and seeking the Lord. And so then we have verses 38 through 40, um, or 39 through 40. It says, Then Gideon said to God, Please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. Man, that's bold, isn't it? That's pretty gutsy to push back on God this way. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. And verse 40 this week just blew me away. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. Isn't that profound? That God did what Gideon asked? He didn't have to. But he did what Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. And just a few things. It is incredible to see that God obliges Gideon's request in his moment of need. And so here's, here's a truth I want us to hold on to in this brief encounter between God and Gideon. That God will graciously and patiently strengthen the faith of those who seek him. God will graciously and patiently strengthen the faith of those who seek him. You know, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I, I'm, I'm going to send you into the world, but I'm not sending you alone. I will be with you. And as I said at the beginning of our time together, and I've said the past several weeks, that all of us, like Gideon, have been commissioned and called. And let's be honest, all of us wrestle with, um, is this really what God wants me to do? Hopefully that's on our radar. We're asking ourselves those, those kind of questions. A lot of us feel like, I can't do that. How do I do that? How do I talk about Jesus uh, with neighbors and friends? How do I do that? How do I live a life of faith where people can see Jesus at work in my life? We have a lot of questions similar to Gideon, and the promise of Jesus to us is that, yes, you have been commissioned. Church, you are the sent ones, but I'm not sending you alone. And the desire of, of God along the way on that kind of commissioned journey 
is that I am committed to helping you along the way and not hurting you. Uh, I am eager to nudge you and grow you in your faith rather than presenting an obstacle in your faith. By obstacle, what I mean by obstacle is is completely obliterating faith in a person's life. God doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want to leave us on our own as we face hardship or face the commission or calling that he's given us. He says, no, I want you to be successful in the calling that I've given you. I mean, God's heart was set on rescuing his people through Gideon. He desired for Gideon to grow up in this journey so that he could trust God alone to fulfill the task. And I think, I think that that is not only true for Gideon, but true of us. That God wants to help us and not hurt us. He wants to walk alongside us. He wants to be with us. He wants to nurture us. He wants to be that proverbial water cup along that marathon path that says, here, take a drink, be sustained. I am with you. You have got this because I've got this. That's what God longs for us is to lead us and to be with us and guide us in fulfilling this commission to be a family of storytellers, uh, to, to tell Jesus' story of deliverance to others. So I'd love to take some time uh, and have uh, Byron, uh, I almost said Gideon. I'm gonna invite Gideon to the stage, please. Um, yeah, Byron Pitts, where are you? Come, oh, he's right here. Um, Byron and I are gonna just gonna take a few moments to talk about, okay, now what? Okay, we get that, Danny. We've heard, some of you have heard that all your life. You've been told to tell the story of Jesus to others. What, what do we do now? So if it's okay with you, we're just gonna talk about that for a little bit, all right? So um, this, is, this is Byron, and for those of you who don't know Byron, um, Byron, can you please tell me who you are, what do you do in the First Baptist Church family? So <clears throat> when I was first asked to serve as the director of community missions. And um, at the time, by the way, I had been searching for church jobs, came home from the mission field, and was just eager to serve. I was serving wherever I could, and um, Danny said, we know we have a position for you. We've rewritten it for you. Would you come serve here? And I was honored, really. Um, And when I first started, I was overwhelmed because it's such a large church, but it's also, there's so many ministries going on. And often churches will have two, three things that they focus on. And I came in going, how do I manage all of these ministries? And I I didn't know. And um, so I've been here, what, almost three years now. And um, I've noticed ministries come to be because people have a heart for something. Mm. Our church members have a passion for something, and they begin this, or they see the need in the community, and they start something because of that. And um, I've, started a, I've started quite a few things because I have a passion for a lot of things, evangelism and, and getting us out there in the, in the hardest places in our city. But um, one of my jobs is to be listening in the city. What are the needs? What are the things that we, you may not see there are neighborhoods I've driven past every day, and I didn't see them until, you know, two years ago. And um, God has, like Jonah or Gideon, sent me into places that I didn't want to go necessarily. But, man, he gives you a heart for a place. And um, 
my job, because frankly, I'm not doing my job if I'm doing everything, right? We have leaders here that have started ministries and they help manage those ministries and find volunteers. But my job, I fail at my job if I'm trying to do everything. You mean to tell me that you're not our appointed evangelist in this church? Sometimes it seems that way, but, (laughs) you know, um, my hope and goal is that I can help reproduce whatever passion someone else has or that I have in you so that you can do what God has called you to do. Um, And, um, you know, in every church that I've been a part of, even when I was just out of college, I would find people and encourage them. Hey, let's go witnessing. Hey, let's get out of these four walls and do something. And so I've seen God just use me in, in ways that I never knew. If I mean, when I was in youth group growing up, I, hear, I heard God's voice kind of like Gideon, and I would test him and go, really, is this what you want me to do? But I didn't realize my gifting was really encouraging. Hey, let's get out there. Let's go. You know, let's don't just sit here. Let's do something. And so um, I see that, you know, as my, my gift here to you is I want to help you get out of your house, get, invite people into your house, get out of the walls of the church. Let's go do something for, for God. What is it God is speaking to you to do? Are you going to obey him? Can I help you obey him? You know, um, I'll, I'll speak for all of us. We're so thankful for your gifting and your passion um, to tell, tell the story of Jesus to others and your passion to help us do the same and mobilize this church family. Um, I, I don't know if y'all have ever seen these, but we actually have the mission statement of the church and our vision statement for community missions. And um, hopefully we can get these, if they're not there, let me just read them. But our, our uh, mission statement for the church is this. FBCSA mission is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and to lead others in a joyful life with him. How many of you have ever heard that before? A handful. That's the mission. That's the kind of the directive of our church family. Let me say it again. The FBCSA mission is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and to lead others in a joyful life with him. I love that. Now, Byron, do you have our our vision statement for CUNY missions? The vision, the vision statement goes like this. The FBCSA family mobilized to live out the gospel in this city through rhythms of everyday life, bringing healing and hope through the power of the gospel in tangible ways. There was a lot there, but... That is a mouthful. Maybe but, we should rewrite that. <laughs> no, it's intentional. I mean, everything in there, you got... We want, we're wanting to mobilize you, encourage you to get, at, get you moving, get you to obey the, gospel, the call of the gospel, live it out in this city. Rhythms, rhythms of your everyday life, things you do every day. You eat, you go play, you go work, you go do different things in your neighborhood. What, are, what is it that you can do to take these natural rhythms and, and bring healing and hope through the power of the gospel? You know, touch someone's life with the gospel. Absolutely. Um, Byron, you mentioned just a moment ago that there are so many initiatives and ministries going on. Can you just give us an idea of just a handful of those that are happening right now? So um, immediately uh, with the school supplies, that's something the church has done for years. Um, 
and uh, we help several low-income schools. Um, also, we give some to the School of the Blind nearby. Um, last year, we were able to give a lot of those, by the way, just because we had more money to work with. But this year, giving school supplies right now isn't something you need to do. You can give some money to help buy them. We're going to buy them this next week. We'll pack them next week. So if you want to pack them, that's next Sunday at noon, um, 1230. There'll be some lunch, too. And then there's Briscoe Buddies is starting back up next month. That's packing snack packs for kids in schools. That's something else someone started because they had a passion for that. They were a school teacher in that very school. And then um, another thing that I'm, I've started uh, with the Lord's help is in the east, the west side um, at Lincoln Courts Apartments. We've been knocking on doors witnessing for two years now, and I thought, you know, we need to find out if anybody's really saved, really wants to know the Lord. And so um, on Saturdays, we've had different teams leading Bible studies and having lunch with families. And, and so that's every Saturday. Um, is the Bible study. Every Friday is the uh, door-to-door evangelism. If you want to go witnessing or praying in your neighborhood, doing what, whatever you want to do is really up to you. Community, community missions is what you make of it. But we have other um, opportunities out there to sign up for too. Lots, lots more. And he would, he's probably going to say this, but the goal is not to have tons and tons of programs. The goal is to help you naturally effectively do this in your community. These ways out there are hopefully just a catalyst to get you going. Maybe to get that heartbeat going, that burden for the lost, um, help you realize that burden for the lost. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, as Byron and I have talked about CUNY missions, um, and not just this past week, but through the years, we've always said there's, there are not enough initiatives or programs of ministry in our church family for everyone to be involved in. And that's not the goal. The goal isn't to build enough programs so everyone has a place to do mission and ministry. Uh, The aim is to mobilize every person, every family, every group to be on mission in the natural rhythms of life where they are. And we hope that God certainly moves through the initiatives that we have in our church family, but those also catalyze you to be very intentional, to have God's mission on your radar in the places that you're already going, to the soccer fields, uh, your vocation, a school, that God's already commissioned you in the places that you're going. And, you know, we're, we're all sent. We're all sent. Some are sent to farther places, right? We, we have international missionaries that are doing incredible work uh, with churches all across the world. Um, and we're, we rejoice in that, um, that they're sent there. But we're also sent here uh, in the places that you are already living and going. Um, and so for us that aren't being sent to far places or even say, gosh, you know, Byron, what's happening at Lincoln Court sounds pretty incredible, daunting but incredible. I mean, what's next for us? What's next for the family that doesn't have the kind of margin to give a weekend, um, what do we do? And I think that's really where the conversation goes for us. So I went to my neighbor um, the other day, and I haven't seen her in two months. I've been too busy. 
with summer activities and vacation. And I didn't realize she had so much hurt going on because of a relationship and her kids were with the ex-husband and she had a new husband and there was just a lot of things she was going through. She hadn't seen her kids in a month or two because of this, you know, arrangement. And I was like, I am so sorry I have not been praying for you. I did not come over and take the time to pray with you, pray for you, and know what was going on. And, and along with this conversation, I realized, you know what? I have to lead by example here. You know, if I'm so busy with everything else in my life that I don't take time to reach my neighbors, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not doing my job. And so, but also I'm not obeying the Great Commission. I'm not answering the call. Yeah, maybe I went to China as a missionary before all this, but am I answering the call right here and now? I'm asking that to you as well. Are you answering the, answering the call right here and now to just be a friend to your neighbors? Love them with the love of Christ. And so I told Leslie, you know, my family is here right now um, visiting, and they're all in the, in the house with us. But I said, as soon as they leave, let's make a night to just invite our neighbors over. We'll text them and say, come on, have some ice cream. Not have any agenda and just, just to break out of this 2020 ice cube and just break the ice and try to try to um, be Christ to our neighbors. Did you say 2020 ice cube? I made that up right I've never now. heard that before. Break the ice. Did someone write that down? Could we? Um, no, I, I, think, I think those are the kind of things we need to hear. I, I think we need to be reminded that um, God wants to use uh, our homes, our, our hospitality, our um, he wants to use us in the lives of the people that we're already around. I mean, we're around so many hurting people. Um, if we're willing to stop and see and be intentional about engaging them. Now, I, I have put, um, in every other chair, we dropped a resource. So I want you to hold that up. Just let me know that you have one. Maybe not everyone has one. You can share it, look at it. Um, this is just a practical guide for all of us to kind of put mission back on our radar and what do we do as an individual or as a family to be a family of storytellers. And so um, it's just the three Ps here. So I, I, I have people. And the first thing is, um, you know, we can't be spread thin. We're already spread thin enough. But, but are there two to three people on your path Wherever that is, in your vocation, uh, you know, where you take your kids or where you drink coffee, uh, are, are there some people that you can identify and say, I'm going to invest time and energy and resources to bless that person. I'm going to figure out what's going on in their life, uh, and I'm going to be consistently engaging them in both big and small ways. And so... Let me encourage you. You're asking, what, what, okay, what do we? we? We don't have time to be a part of an initiative program. What can you do? You can identify people in your life. And I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about two or three people. Um, and the next thing that I think you can do, uh, you should do, is begin to pray boldly for them. Boldly for them. Uh, begin to pray that, that God would tear down strongholds in their life that keeps them from seeing and savoring Jesus, that um, that God would give you opportunity to both live and speak the gospel in their life, that, uh, they would, that God would open up their mouth so that you can know ways that you can meet their needs and bless them, that, uh, that God would give you opportunity, that you faithfully pray for those two to three people. Um, you know, I trained I train jujitsu 
I have for the past several years. And over the course of that time, um, there have been a number of men that I have said, I'm, I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to invest in them. Um, and I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to look for opportunities to engage them. And, and that's the last thing is posture. Um, posture. Our, once you have identified those people and you have begun praying for those people, are you going to put yourself in places to where you can actually hear their story, bless them, meet needs, and share the story of Jesus with them? Are you going to posture yourself? I mean, it's one thing to identify people and pray for people. It's a whole other thing to say, I'm going to put feet to those prayers. I'm going to be that person that helps tear down strongholds or meet uh, needs. Um, And all of us can do this. Every person and every family um, can do these kind of things, whether you have the margin or not. Uh, we have the means, by the grace of God and power of God, to be a part of what he is doing. And, you know, I think of the story uh, of Paul and Lydia in the scriptures uh, when Paul was in Philippi. Um, Paul, obviously, we know he was praying for that work, but he postured himself to go to the places where he knew people would be having spiritual conversation. Um, He was very intentional and very strategic, and I think that's what God expects of us um, as we live out this mission of being storytellers, is to be intentional about the people in our life. Uh, Begin to pray uh, for them. Pray for that other student. Pray for that neighbor. Um, And then posture yourself. Go out of your way to bless them, meet a need if they have one. Take them out to coffee. Invite them into your home. Open your home so that people can see the gospel at work in you, which is so foreign to us. I mean, in American culture, we just don't have people in our homes as often or like they do in other cultures. And I, I think that has to change for the church. If we're going to reach, if we're gonna reach people, uh, we're going to have to demonstrate to them how Jesus loves them, and they're going to have to hear the gospel and see the gospel from us. You know, I look at this card, and this is what I'm trying to do for the church. You're the people that I've identified. (laughs) I've been praying for you that God would send forth labors into the harvest. That's you. And I'm hoping to posture you, find a way to position you so that you can obey. And that's what we're doing today. We want to give you a time to actually take that step of obedience. Um, you know, he, he said something about Jesus, and it made me think. You know, Jesus said he didn't even have a home or a place to lay his head. He invited himself into people's homes. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that's a strategy we need to think about. Yes. Uh, my, my, my wife gets embarrassed when I invite myself into places or situations, but may, maybe it's biblical, you know? So... I love it. And listen, we do want to take this opportunity uh, for you to respond. Um, There's no question about whether you're called or not. That is not in question. There's no question whether we've been sent or not. We have been called to be a part of what God is doing, and we want to give you an opportunity to respond. Hey, y'all thank Byron for joining us today. We're so grateful. Um, but we want to give you an opportunity to respond to that call that we know everyone has received. Uh, you have been sent. Um, and we're going to do something crazy and bold today. 
Um, we're going to do something crazy and bold today. Um, what we're going to be asking is this. If you're an individual or a family, and you don't know next steps, and the army in front of you looks daunting and fearful, but you have been reminded of what God has called us to be as his church, um, and you want to say as an individual or family, you know what, we might not know the next step, but we want to be those kind of people. Uh, we want for God's mission to be back on the radar. Uh, we're willing to open our homes and learn about biblical hospitality. We're, we're, we're eager and ready to identify people around us and posture ourselves to share the gospel with them and to live out the gospel. And so we're gonna give you opportunity to do that today. And so if uh, we're gonna give you a few moments just to pray. Lord, are we ready for something like that in our life? I know the answer is yes, but I don't know where you are. You might need to talk to a spouse. Are we ready to start inviting neighbors into our home? Are, are, can we identify family members or people around our communities that we need to begin to make ourselves available to get to know and to invest? Are you ready to get to know your neighbors? If you have that kind of conviction of saying, you know what, we haven't been missional at all. Mission has not been on our radar. We have not been telling the story of Jesus. But over the past several weeks, that has been uh, reigniting in you. We want to know whether you're ready to respond to that or not. And that really the simple way to do that, um, if you're an individual or family, I'm going to ask you just to stand where you are. You don't have to do it right now. I'll give you some moments to pray. And our commitment to you is, if that's you, if your family's like, we're ready for this, whatever that next step means, our commitment is to equip you and help you along the way, to encourage you. Will you be that person telling the story of Jesus? Will you be that family that is committed and intentional and posturing yourself to tell the story of Jesus? Will that be you? Will you take that next step? So as we sing this song, I'm gonna invite you um, just to kind of stand where you are. Just kind of stand where you are and stay standing. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace towards us. Lord, you're so patient towards us. Lord, we can be so about our own things and our own schedules that we lose sight of who we are as your church, as your bride, that we are to be heralds, salt and light. And so, Lord, I pray that you raise up individuals and families today that say, we don't know all that that looks like, but we want that to be a part of our life. We don't... We don't want to just go through the normal rhythms of work and back home and soccer on Saturday. No, we want soccer to be a place of mission and we want vocation to be a place of mission. So Lord, I pray that you lead individuals and families to respond to that calling today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. 
we would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.